Good morning everybody, my name is Gavin, I'm one of the leaders here at Jubilee Church Teesside and I'm speaking to you today from sunny, sunny Stockton. I'm very excited to be speaking on the book of Ephesians this morning, continuing our series on this wonderful book. And I want to get straight into it this morning. We're going to be in chapter three. Um, Chris did an amazing job last week of unpacking the end of chapter two to us, looking at the subject of reconciliation and what it means to be one new man in Christ. If you've not listened to that talk, by the way, check it out. It was phenomenal. He did a great job. Right, let's read together this morning. We're in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. Let's give it a bit of a read. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. Excellent. So Paul is talking about a great mystery. He's uncovered something um, really important, really exciting, and he's eager to share this with everyone in the Ephesian church. But what was it that Paul had discovered? What was this mystery, this light bulb moment, this revelation that he'd had? Well, in order to understand the mystery, we first need to get into the mindset of the people of that time and also in a Paul's mindset as well. All right, we need to have a bit of an understanding of how things were at that time. And basically at that time, the world was split into two different groups of people. You had the Jewish people and you had the Gentiles. The Jewish people were God's chosen people. He had a special relationship with them. We see it in the Old Testament. They were his holy nation, the ones who he'd chosen to keep separate. And the Gentiles were not. See, the thinking for the Jewish people at that time was that their relationship with God was based on their ethnicity. Because they'd been chosen by God, that was enough. They were confident in the fact that their identity had been formed based on their ethnicity. They were confident in their relationship with God based on their Jewishness. They felt that they were the first class people. That's how it was in their minds. The Gentiles, on the other hand, they were completely cut off from God. They were separate from the Jewish people. They were unable to be in a relationship with God. They had no special rights or privileges, and they were actually looked down on by the Jewish people. They were kind of seen as second class in the eyes of the Jewish people because they weren't God's chosen people. 
And there was a certain level of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles as well which by the way was never part of God's plan. God had um, called his Jewish people to be a blessing to the Gentiles around him. That was God's original intention. But the Jewish guys had lost their way. They'd come away from God's original plan and intention for them. Then in steps Jesus the Messiah, the chosen one who would bring fullness to this relationship with God. In dying on the cross we now have access to God through what Jesus has done. The Jewish laws that provided a way to get right with God, they had been fulfilled through Jesus and that meant that access to God was available. There was no debating this point. Everyone agreed, uh, if they were a Christian, that Jesus had made a way for them to have access to God. The difficulty came in the fact that the Jewish people believed that the Gentiles would first have to become Jews in order to be in this relationship with God. They were believing that their right standing in God was still based on their ethnicity as opposed to what Jesus had done. So that was the thinking of the Jewish people at the time. And then suddenly we have this mystery which was revealed to Paul and he was eager to tell the Ephesians about. Well what was this mystery? Well the mystery was this, that access to God was available to all humanity. God's blueprint for humanity, God's pl clear plan for the world had always been to bring the Gentiles into relationship with himself on equal terms with God's chosen people, the Jews. See, suddenly you weren't God's chosen person based on your ethnicity, but based on your standing in Christ. This was huge. You see, for the Gentile people, this was mind-blowing. It was like, imagine that your neighbours down the street, all right, they um, had some amazing inheritance. They inherited a fortune and became rich, like rich beyond their wildest dreams. And suddenly, you get joined into their family and you get the riches that they've got. The inheritance that they have, the riches that they have, become your riches instantly. That was the thinking and the standpoint that the Gentile people had. This was a scale of things that had happened from a Gentile point of view. It was massive. And by the way, this wasn't just about Jews and Gentiles living together in perfect harmony as part of the church family. This was much deeper than that. This was a Jews and a Gentiles being on even footing, able to enjoy the riches of God together, the same riches of God as each other. This was groundbreaking stuff. And Paul's mission here, Paul's job here was to reveal this good news to the people. And what we get in this passage is some really helpful things to think about when sharing good news with people, something which I'm sure you understand is a big part of our life as Christians. We've all got good news to share. So let me talk you through a few things this morning that we can take from the Apostle Paul. First of all, in verse 7, Paul says that he's become a servant of the gospel. That's how he describes himself. Um, the Greek word that he uses here literally means um, to execute the commands of 
another. Paul is saying that he is someone who executes the commands of God. He's God's servant. I wonder if you ever describe yourself like that. Because what does a servant do? Well, a servant is always available and open to the commands of their master. Like think about uh, a servant in a palace or something. Um, they're always on hand in case they're needed by their master, whether they're needed to um, invite a guest in or run an errand or cook a meal. You know, whatever is asked of the servant, they need to be ready to do it. They need to be ready for when the command is given to them by their master. And it's similar to us as Christians. We are God's servants, not in like a negative way, like we have no freedom, but in a way that we have the, the, the honour and the privilege of being used by God. We get to pay, play a part in his missions. As a Christian, we will have opportunities to share our faith and to be used by God. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. As Christians, that's the amazing beauty of being in a relationship with God. God, in his grace, uses all of us for his mission. We will all have opportunities to be his lights. It's what we talked about in our Frontline series, didn't we? We spent a lot of time talking about that. What we need to do, though, and what Paul's encouraging us to do, is to make ourselves available to be used by God. It's as simple as that. We just need to make ourselves available to be used by God and God will do the rest. Like you might feel like you don't have the words to communicate with others. You might feel like you don't have the skills to serve others. You might feel like there are better people than you to be God's ambassadors. Uh, but the top and bottom of it is this. All right, hear this. Our availability is the best attribute that we can have. Our availability is the most important attribute that we can ever have. God can give you all the other things you need. He can equip you. He can strengthen you. All you need to do is make yourself available to God. Can you do it? Are you doing it? That's my question and challenge to you this morning. What's making ourselves available, though? What does that look like? Well, it involves ensuring that our relationship with God is red hot. Like, if we aren't taking time to pray, worship, spend time in his presence, study his words, then our relationship with God will dwindle. And what happens is, when we're not red hot for God, when we're not on fire for him, when we allow things to go cold, suddenly we aren't as available as we should be because we aren't walking in step with God's. We miss opportunities that are right there in front of us because we aren't on that same wavelength. We aren't in step with our Father. Listen, do you believe I can encourage you of anything when we come into this new season as we kind of move into the next stage of opening up um, as a church? It's to make sure that your relationship with God is red hot. That's the most important thing that you can do. Make sure that your relationship with God is on point. Make sure that you're spending time in his presence, studying his word, praying. Make sure that's a priority for you. 
Listen, it's barbecue season at the minute, isn't it? I'm sure a lot of you have had barbecues this week, especially in the lovely Teesside sunshine. I'm sure a lot of you have uh, enjoyed firing up the old barbecue. And listen, I don't claim to be an expert on barbecues. I'm not Jassim, all right? I'm not, I know Jassim is the uh, barbecue expert in our church. But what I know about barbecues is this. When you're lighting a barbecue and you want the coal to get to the right temperature to cook on, you put it in close proximity to the fire and the other pieces of coal. When you want the coal to heat up, you move it closer to the source of heat. That's how you get up to the temperature to be used to cook your food. And listen, that needs to be our attitude. We should be as close to God as we can be in this season, ready for maximum impact, ready to be used by God. You need to plug into him, we need to do it. Listen, if that's one thing you take away from this morning, take it away. Get your relationship with God back on track. Talk to someone, pray with someone, start a Bible plan with someone, set up a worship playlist on your phone. Whatever it is that you need to do to get your relationship with God on fire, do it. Do it. Start today, don't delay. It's the most important thing that you can do. Listen, secondly, in verse 9, we get another piece of advice when it comes to sharing good news. Paul says that he was making it plain to everyone and that is perfect advice isn't it <laughs> when explaining the mystery to people when trying to get them excited about this good news his first intention was to make it plain to them his first intention was to make it plain and easy for them to understand listen i wish more of us followed this advice all right you see we have this tendency as christians to try and make the gospel over complicated like, we feel like we've got to add in theological terms and Bible verses and try and bamboozle our friends and family into wanting to put their trust in Jesus. Like, we'll outsmart them or something. And, and for a lot of people, I can put them off sharing the gospel. Like, hey, pff, I can't be used by God because I'm not as clever as that person. I can't use these big theological terms. I don't know how to, I don't know my Bible inside out. And for many of us, we can feel like we make this gospel this intellectual thing, which it isn't. And we can be put off preaching and sharing with our friends and family because we think that we can't do it. But listen, and by the way, I've been there myself. I know how that feels. I've suffered that for a long time, just not feeling as clever as other people or as equipped as other people. But actually, the Apostle Paul is saying, keep it plain and simple. And for us, keeping it plain and simple means simply living out what comes naturally to us as born again believers. Like, when our life has been transformed by God, something fundamental changes in us. Our outlook on life, our priorities, the things we spend our time doing, the things that we care about, the people that we spend time with, all of these things dramatically change when we encounter Jesus. And there is something absolutely enticingly beautiful about that that people want to know more of. I guarantee that. When we live what comes naturally to us, it makes the gospel plain and simple to those around us. We don't need to complicate the gospel. We can simply live out our lives as people who've been transformed by God. And I can guarantee in doing that simple act, the conversations will come. People will want to know more because there is something unbelievably beautiful and authentic about a life radically transformed by Jesus. He needs out. That is so important. Thirdly, all right, and finally, in verse 8, Paul says that although I am the least of all of the Lord's people, 
And this is an amazing bit of writing by Paul. See, Paul is exaggerating his point here in order to show us and tell us that every single one of us can be used by God despite our past and despite our flaws. Paul kind of echoes the same statement later on in the New Testament in 1 Timothy 1.15 when he says that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the worst. Like Paul had a clear understanding of his flaws, but despite that, he recognised the bigger picture was that he could still be used by God. Like what an encouragement. I think that the point that Paul is making here is that if it was down to him, if it was down to his own strength and his own skills, he wouldn't be equipped for the calling that God's given him. If it were down to his abilities, there were no way he'd be able to share his mystery with those around him. If it was down to him, it wouldn't happen. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. I often feel like this when it comes to DIY. I'll see a job that needs doing in my house and I'll think, if this is down to me, if this is down to my skills, and my abilities, there is no way that this job is getting done. <laughs> if it's left down to my knowledge, this is going to be a disaster. So what do I do? Well, I phone up my father-in-law and I get someone around who knows what they're talking about. And Steve will come around and suddenly I feel equipped to do the job because I've got his knowledge and his skills and his abilities on top of mine. I've got him helping me to do the job. Suddenly I feel a lot more confident. And let's face it, to be fair, he just does a job for me and I just pass him your tools here and there. <laughs> Listen, this isn't the perfect analogy, but this is actually how it is with God. If it was left down to us, then maybe it would be a disaster. If we had to take the good news to people in our own strength, maybe we would fail miserably. But that isn't what we do, is it? We go with God. He equips us, he leads us, he gives us strength through his Holy Spirit. We see it written in Philippians 4.13, that wonderful famous verse which says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We also see it written in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified in Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I think some of you need to hear that today, right? You aren't on your own in this, but Christ is in you. His Holy Spirit, his helper is equipping you and strengthening you. And the result of that is huge because that means that no matter what you're facing at this moment, Christ is right there with you. No matter what situation you face, no matter what obstacle you face, you don't face it on your own, but you face it with Christ in you. That is encouraging, isn't it? That's huge. And what an amazing encouragement it is that God can use us despite our flaws. Just to share a bit of personal testimony here, I'm thankful for this every single day. I look at what my life was like before I knew Jesus. I was unconfident, I was shy, I was quiet, I was nervous, I was worried about what people thought of me, I was anxious. I would rather blend in with a crowd and stand out. I would never speak my, my mind. I was a bit, of a, a bit of a robot. And I look at the difference that Christ made in my life. I look at some of the things that he's equipped me and enabled me to do. I look at the mission that he's given me and the things he calls me to do. And I think, wow, this is all down to you. It's just the most amazing thing. 
when we recognise that God can use us despite our flaws, it just releases us so much. And not only that though, but, but God takes our flaws and our difficulties and he uses them for something amazing. God can still use us despite our flaws and he chooses to do so. What an encouragement. I want to finish with this amazing story um, that I heard. I'm sure a number of you have heard this story before, um, but let me read it to you as we end this morning. It just explains what, what it's like with God, really. This is a long time ago there lived a farmer. The farmer owned a watering pot, and for many years the farmer would carry his pot from his big old farmhouse at the top of the hill down the road to his fields below. The watering pot was a kind pot always talking with and listening to the other tools that lived in the shed next to the farmhouse. Mostly the pot was happy. There was just one problem. The pot had a crack in it. The crack made the watering pot feel broken and useless. How can I be of any value when I can't even hold no water? The pot thought to himself. And the watering pot loved the farmer so one day he decided to talk to the farmer about his crack. Don't know if you've ever noticed, the pot said softly on the brink of tears, but I have a crack. I don't think I'm of any value to you anymore. It's okay if you want to throw me out and get a new pot. And the farmer was quiet and thought for a while. To the watering pot it seemed like hours, although it was probably just a few minutes. And finally the farmer brought the pot to the window, overlooking the fields below. I want to show you something, he told the pot. As the watering pot looked out the window, down on the road in the fields below, he noticed something. On the left side of the road, nothing grew. It was like a barren desert. But on the right side of the road, where the farmer walked each day carrying a leaky pot, it was lush and green with trees, plants and beautiful flowers. I think I'll keep you, the farmer said. What an incredible story. I wonder if you've ever felt like that leaking pot. I wonder if you've ever felt like you can't be used by God. I wonder if you've ever felt like your cracks and your flaws disqualify you. If you have, please take the advice from the Apostle Paul. We all have a part to play by God's grace. He equips all of us. He has a mission for all of us and we can all be part of it. Listen, as a church, we have this amazing vision to bring the joy news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. And we all have a part to play in that. You have a part to play in that. We need to hear that this morning. If I've got to thank you so much that you equip each of us for an amazing purpose and amazing mission, God. I thank you that despite our flaws, despite our failures, despite our past, you choose to use us, God. And I pray that we would make the most of that and we'd recognise that as we go into a new season, God. I pray that you'd help each of us to know that we can be used by you. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for um, good news about meeting soon, God. We pray we'd have an amazing time meeting together, Lord. And um, just ask everything would go to plan as we look at opening up as a church. Lord, we love you. Thank you every day for your grace in our lives and we just pray that you be with us as we leave today. In your name, Jesus. Amen.